Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Listen to them. Children of the night. What music they What an excellent day for an exorcism. You wouldn't be able to do these awful things to me if I were still in this chair. But you are, Blanche. You are in that chair. Who's in the box? Put the gun down, baby. Oh, what's in the box? Give me the what's gun. in the box? Give me the gun. Wolves have a territorial range of about 300 miles, and they kill range of 30. If we're close to their den, and if we're within that radius, then they'll come after us. How can we tell if we're close? We can't. What in God's name are you talking about? Yes, sir, Mr. Thornton. Son of the devil. He must die, Mr. Thorn. You do not want to go that way. What's that way? Officer, sir. You do not want to go that way. We're going to the mall. Hello, Dexter Morgan. Hello, welcome once again to Dark Discussions, your place for discussion of horror, film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how are you, sir? I am well. Excellent. And in the state of New York? Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you? I am fine, Phil. How are you? Doing all right. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia? Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you? Eh, you know. Getting by. Indeed. Uh, so, uh, welcome to the podcast, Dark Discussions Podcast. Who are we? Well, we are a podcast that talks about films, uh, basically genre films. So, horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thrillers, techno-thrillers, mysteries, grindhouse, arthouse, midnight movies, cult films, drive-in fair, foreign language films, and the like. Basically, we try to talk intelligently about a genre that deserves intelligence. Uh, we do have a website, which is www.darkdiscussions.com, which is part of the Dark Discussions News Network, or that is actually the website for the Dark Discussions News Network. And this podcast is the original, the OG uh, for the network. Uh, we do have uh, an email, darkdiscussions at AOL.com, where you can email us, just write DDP in the subject, and then whatever your subject is, and then we will read your email on the podcast. Uh, the reason we need DDP in the subject is because then we'll know that uh, when we do a search through the email box, it will pop up because we just have uh, so many screeners that come in that your email may get lost uh, as a result. Um, also, uh, we do have uh, something else on the website. What is that? Eric. Um, that is our Patreon account. You can find the link to it on the site. Patreon allows you to financially contribute to your online artists like us. Producing this show is not free. We have to pay for things like domain names and website hosting and computer equipment and so on and so forth. So if you'd like to help us with that, you can go to patreon.com slash dark discussions or click on the Patreon badge on any page of darkdiscussions.com. Any and all contributions are greatly appreciated. Indeed, indeed. And we do have a Facebook group, which is Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook group, where you can join in the discussion. Uh, today is December 7th, 2023, that we're recording this, because some of our listeners, like Pam, are always curious when we record our episodes, because sometimes they are not released immediately. We always keep a few in the queue for a rainy day when we're all on vacation or whatnot, and we can still release an episode, even though we do not record. Uh, 
this one though will probably be released uh, maybe even tomorrow. Uh, let's see. Uh, we do have uh, an email here uh, from Amy Rain. Amy Rain, uh, one of our listeners, and also uh, has participated in the Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews podcast as a co-host, and has her own uh, podcast that uh, is temporarily on hiatus, uh, but it's a really good podcast called uh, Fishnets and Phantoms or something like that. And uh, you can usually find that on the Dark Discussions podcast network. Uh, I do uh, forget the name of it, unfortunately, because uh, it has been on hiatus for a good hey, year. Phil, who runs the Dark Discussions network? Uh, um, I do. <laughs> Why? Isn't that you? Yes. Okay, just 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 throwing that out there. Fair enough. Yeah, I always do the third person. That's true. Um, Either way, uh, here's Amy's email. She goes, uh, "Hello, everyone. I'm enjoying your take on the Wicker Man. It did sound like you were all tipsy at first, however. I'm always a bit torn on this movie because I also hate." the 1970s. So I also want to like it, but it is difficult. Christopher Lee is great, though, and his fire safety tip is hilarious. <laughs> the, whole, the whole thing about folk horror is that deep, chilling moment when the protagonist realizes that they are not in the dominant culture. They scare me in a different way than most movies. Still, haven't seen The Bees version however maybe that act- way may- yeah maybe an actual remake would be fun maybe made by david fincher amy mm. indeed indeed so uh, thank you for that email um i think that is all we got uh actually uh we do have uh, no other emails. Yeah, that's it. Okay, so uh, very well. So we are pretty much uh, done with that. There's no other house cleaning. If we have time at the end, we will uh, give uh, what we've been watching in news, maybe. Uh, but also, uh, we do have our top 10 podcasts in the past month that we will uh, do as well. Uh, so that's pretty much it for the house cleaning. So uh, I guess we can get into uh, our podcast tonight. So, uh, Eric, what are we going to discuss tonight? Tonight, we are going to be talking about a new Japanese Godzilla movie currently in theaters. The title, Godzilla Minus One. <laughs> ジェフは
ゴジラマイナスワン。But、uh, <laughs> the, the film is、uh, correct. A <laughs> Japanese language film from Japan、uh, by Toho Studios,、uh, the original company that uh, uh, did all the Godzilla films.、Uh, the film is directed by Takashi Yamazaki、uh, and stars a, a number of folk、uh, of Japanese、uh, ancestry,、uh, citizens, and whatnot,、uh, unfortunately. Uh, if I read their names off, it wouldn't really help anybody here because、uh, I think we're all, and maybe most of the listeners are、uh, brand new to、uh, the cast.、Uh, the film is a period piece, takes place right after World War II.、Um, it was released in the Japan on November 3rd, 2023, and then、uh, came out to the States、uh, in December of 2023. Uh, so that's pretty much all I got for the background of the film.、Uh, and I guess we can get into how we heard about this film and what we thought about it. So、uh, let's start with Eric because uh, Eric uh, brought it to our attention as a potential episode. Yeah.、Um, I think I became aware of this movie when I saw it mentioned in、uh, some of the material I was seeing about、uh, the series you guys are doing a podcast on the Monarch, Monarch Legacy of Monsters. Like in one of the articles, it was like, wow, we're getting all this Godzilla stuff, Godzilla minus one. And I was like, Godzilla, what? Because、uh, <laughs> it's been a while since we got a Japanese one. I think Shin Godzilla was the last one in 2016.、Um, so、uh, I was already intrigued.、Um, and then it was started getting rave reviews.、Um, so I was even more intrigued. So I definitely wanted to go check it out. Um, I, I will admit, I haven't seen every single Godzilla movie. However, I think this might be the best one ever made. Um, I think Godzilla looks amazing, and somehow they did that on a fraction of the budget of the American Godzilla movies. Um, and I think the acting in this movie is probably hands down the best acting I've ever seen in a Godzilla movie. Um, So, this, this movie for me、uh, hit all the bases. It was exactly what I wanted it to be. And I might go see it again in the theater this weekend. I enjoyed it that much. All right. Sounds good.、Uh, yeah, I heard about this film uh, because uh, me and my daughter went to see the Taylor Swift Arrows film for the third time. And we got there early because we wanted to make sure we got <sighs> seats. And so we hung out in the lobby. Of the movie theater, and they have like 15 screens.、Uh, instead of posters, they have screens now, and they change up. And so, Quiet Place,、uh, the new one was advertised, and、um, a bunch of other films have been advertised. And then suddenly, the Godzilla minus one popped up. So, that's the first time I heard about it.、Um, so, that was about three to four weeks ago. And then I completely forgot about it until Eric brought it up again. As an episode, because I didn't even know it had come out yet.、Um, so I went to see it on Monday at like or three o'clock or no, or no, one o'clock or something like that, because I had the day off and、uh, that's the best time to go. Uh, unfortunately, uh, there w a s like five or six people in the theater with me. 
uh, including an elderly couple, which was interesting. But then again, uh, elderly people nowadays are were 20 when Godzilla was huge. So uh, it doesn't surprise me that the, um, it's a wide demographic. Um, so uh, what Eric said uh, about calling this the best Godzilla film ever, I would concur completely. This film is absolutely fantastic. It's a phenomenal film. Um, the acting was great. The story was great. Uh, the special effects were absolutely fantastic, including uh, Godzilla, as Eric mentions, on a budget of $15 million. And, uh, yeah, a $15 million budget for a period piece and a kaiju movie where it wasn't just a man in a plastic suit. Uh, it was phenomenal, and it makes me um, laugh at how horrible the American versions of, of uh, the MonsterVerse is compared to uh, what I saw a couple of days ago. Uh, so this is a high recommend by me. Uh, I probably won't be able to see it again at theaters, but it most certainly will be one I would revisit when it comes back to uh, VOD and whatnot. Uh, so I'm on the same page as Eric. Uh, absolutely. Great film. Uh, let's go with you, Mike. No, I heard about it several months ago. There was the, there's been trailers for it. Um, so I was aware of it. I love Shin Godzilla, uh, which is also, I think, in good contention for one of the better Godzilla films ever made, if not for the fact that it's a really bizarre take on Godzilla. Um, but yeah, I don't know how much I want to get into the story, but I think it's it's fair to say that this is the first Godzilla film that I can really think of that had a story that would have worked if Godzilla wasn't in it. Because uh, it's really just a story about someone with survivor's guilt following World War II. And certainly having Godzilla in it makes it that much more awesome. But this felt like they they had a story to start and put Godzilla into the story. Whereas I think most Godzilla movies are we have a creature design. How could we build a story around it? Um, and that's you know, they, they sort of backfill in whatever human drama there might be. And let's be honest, nobody really gives a shit about the average human character in any Godzilla film. So I, I, I and I said that when we reviewed the Gareth Edwards film in 2014 and then again in King of the Monsters and then again in uh, Godzilla versus Kong. And, and somehow still the human stories keep getting worse with each of those. It's but, a kind of amazing feat, actually. Yeah, it is. It is because, but the monster action I think was getting better each time, um, for the most part, and that's great. But how they could just miss the fundamental filmmaking one hundred and one, I don't know. But that's a whole other story. So yeah, I'm hoping that people learn lessons from this. Uh, it's a little late for the next American Godzilla film, which is Godzilla X Kong, Rise of the Monkeys, or something. Uh, but uh, you know, hey. Uh, this one's really, really solid and well worth the time. I, I do think there's places where the effects don't exactly hold up, but you compare that to 
the rubber suits and the cardboard sets as charming as they as they were, what we still have is basically paling in comparison to uh, cutting edge 2023 multi hundred million dollar effects extravaganzas, and we would have been just completely wowed by this 20 years ago with the level of effects we get. So, yeah, I, I think it's really, really solid. All right, sounds good. Uh, let's go with you, Bart. Bart? We lost Bart. Sorry, I was on mute. I don't know how. I didn't press that. All right, um, yeah, I'm, I've, you guys said a lot of what I would say. Um, I agree with Mike. This is a movie that Godzilla was almost incidental to the story. The story was a love story and a story about survival. Um, and he didn't need to be in there for this movie to work, but having him in there made it even better. Um, and it is definitely one of the, it may be the best. It's one of the best Godzilla movies made for sure. Um, it's going to be in my top 10 genre list for sure this year. Um, as far as the special effects, yeah, they, I mean, they spent 15 million and they got a lot out of that. So I'm very impressed with what they did and the acting was really well done. Um, it was just a really, really enjoyable story. All right. Sounds good. So it seems like everybody uh, enjoyed this film. Uh, with that, uh, Eric, uh, do we have a wiki? Wiki, wiki. Post-war Japan is at its lowest point when a new crisis emerges in the form of a giant monster baptized in the horrific power of the atomic bomb. All right. Sounds good. Doesn't spoil too much. Sets it up for what we're going to see. Uh, so for folks who are new to the podcast or... If you are one of our regulars, uh, what we do here on the Dark Discussions podcast is that we don't just review films. We also critique and dissect films as well. So, for example, this film here, um, we just did a, a quick review. Uh, but uh, what we do now is we'll start talking about uh, general things related to the film or the Godzilla series or Keiju or Japanese cinema or Monsterverse or anything related to Godzilla minus one that isn't spoilery. And we'll talk about that for a little bit. And then at some point we will throw up a spoiler alert. And at that point we will talk about everything and anything related to the film. Uh, so basically we try to talk about things like what the director, the screenwriter or the producers or whatnot are trying to say in the film, uh, symbolisms and meanings and how it relates to, uh, the time period that it takes place or anything else that they may have to say, uh, we will talk about it, which would also include spoilers and such. So the ending and whatnot. Uh, one thing I did forget to mention is that, uh, Takashi Yamazaki, the director also was, uh, the screenwriter and, uh, part of, uh, the two team members of visual effects, uh, Kayoko Shibuya, uh, was the other individual that uh, did the special effects. And uh, he's uh, well-known. I mean, I'm sorry, she's well-known for um, 
uh, a lot of efforts in Japanese cinema. Um, all right, so uh, I guess we can talk about general stuff. Uh, so uh, um, I have something to bring up. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So I got to see it in IMAX last night, um, and I was the sound quality was so great. Um, I don't know how it sounded in regular theaters, but the IMAX sound was incredible, um, especially the Godzilla roar. <laughs> Well, so, Bert, funny you should mention that. Um, uh, I saw it in a regular theater last weekend, but this weekend, and this is this is unusual because it usually goes the other way that the movie will start out in the IMAX theater and then yeah. move down to the regular theaters. This this coming weekend, they they've moved it into the IMAX theater. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, good. That's why I'm thinking about going to see it again, is because I I want to have that experience. Yeah, I thought the IMAX experience was really, really good. Um, I can't compare it to the regular because I wasn't in the regular. And regular theaters have come a long way, too, so the difference is not as you know great as it right. used to be. Mm-hmm. But I thought the sound was amazing. It's a bigger screen, too. Yeah, yeah, it's a bigger screen, too. I, I get enveloped in that, so mm-hmm. I didn't see anything around me once the movie started. Nice. Yeah. Oh, um, I do. I do have a couple of things to say. Um, I want to. I want to uh, push back a little bit on on what Mike was saying about this paling in, in comparison to our hundred million dollar effects movies. I don't know. Um, I didn't really see anything that stood out to me as being bad in this movie. And I actually, personally, for me. I like this Godzilla look better than the American one. Um, to me, this is closer to the original look of Godzilla without it being clearly a guy in a suit. Uh, <laughs> can I can I interject one thing about that that sure. I thought was not as well done? When when sure. he was in the water, he was amazing. When mm-hmm. he came out of the water and he was moving, that seemed a little unnatural to me. Not in the beginning when he's first on that first island, but Wait, when he's walking. That the 300 foot tall monster created by an atomic bomb seemed unnatural to you. It, the way yeah. he walked didn't seem didn't seem natural to me. <laughs> no, it I, seemed I, really I, clumsy almost. I, I okay. see what you're right. saying. I see what you're saying, but again, that makes sense. Daddy would be clumsy because, like you said, he's mostly a water monster. Brachiosaurus, right? Yeah, and then and the second thing too is, um, as Mike has always mentioned, the larger the the thing, and in this case, creature, the the more weight and uh, mass that caused the gravity to to cause issues for it. So it makes sense. Again, I don't I don't know if that was intended. These two possibilities, but I, I. didn't have any issues with it, but I, I do didn't have, understand. It's just a minor, minor, minor issue, and it's because some of the muscle movements didn't seem to match with some of the way it moved. It just was some of the stuff I saw with that, and it's very well, minor. I'll keep a closer eye on it if I go see it again, though. But I was, I was, I thought Godzilla looked fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I so. agree. He looked really good. Those, a, the only yeah, I'm part talking that about I thought. What I was talking about is not about the design. Is one thing. I'm just talking about there were there were a few shots where the animation felt not quite right, um, and again, it's it's only compelling in comparison. What I was saying to maybe it can't quite hold up to what the super 
extravagant effects are that you have in a big blockbuster now. And it still, as I said, blows anything out of the water that we would have had 20 years yeah, ago. I see what you did. Um, and I think this is a really good example of that it's not how much you spend on the effects and it's not how big the effects are and how loud and obnoxious the effects are. It's when it's and how, how much you care. care. Yes. Yeah. Right. It's how do you implement them? And mm-hmm. I, 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 I did see the complaint, even though I didn't read into any detail uh, from people after, because anytime something gets overwhelmingly good reviews, you know, there's going to be someone will find something to push back on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And the pushback here is the pushback that you could probably pick for almost any Godzilla film, which is there's not a lot of Godzilla in the Godzilla film. And because, oh, there's only so many minutes. Of course, yeah, you're, but, you know, it's sort of like there's only like nine minutes of Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs, too. Yeah, you don't need 90 minutes of it, right? (laughs) Yeah, but you're also counting like in a conversation with someone, right? Half the time it's on. Uh, on Anthony Hopkins and half the time it's on Jodie Foster. So it could be a five minute conversation. It only counts for two and a half minutes of Anthony Hopkins. Same thing here. You know, there's Godzilla, but you're cutting back and forth from Godzilla to the boat, to the, to the people, to the carnage. So if you actually just count the frames in which it's only Godzilla, as opposed to the, the scenes which are about Godzilla, yeah, there's not a lot of footage, but what's there is strong. I think there's four major set pieces they're all good. None of them are lacking. Or I know that when that I walk out of there going, boy, there really needed to be more Godzilla in here because I, I don't think they had to. They could have, but it, it wasn't necessary. What they mm-hmm. did had emotional heft to it, had real weight to it, had real threat and danger to it, which is how you know a rare thing in a Godzilla film. I, I was, I, oh, go ahead. I was just say um, uh, again. This is a fifteen. 15- million dollar budget and i have to say that um the use of that money is absolutely phenomenal so i'm right there with you eric and and the reason i feel that is again this is a period piece so that's expensive just for the fact that it to be a period piece and what they were able to do um since uh a lot of this film takes place in tokyo post world war ii uh which was firebombed uh so so a lot of it was rubble um, they were able to get the effect of um, a post-bombed city, but they kept it minimal in the sense that they didn't have to show wide angles of the whole wreckage, and they would just show the local homes of our lead character and the neighboring houses, and it worked. And then when they did go to the Ginzu part, of Tokyo, which was the part of Tokyo that did not get destroyed during the firebombing of Tokyo, the special effects there made it look absolutely 1948 perfectly. Um, It was unbelievable to have that part of Tokyo in 1948 uh, through the special effects here. And of course, there's the, the big problem that happens a lot with um, graphics or special effects is the water scenes. But here, the all the water scenes, because a large portion of this film actually takes place in ships and whatnot, also uh, looks phenomenal and realistic, even when 
some of it was done probably with special effects and not just actually boats with people on it. So um, I, I, I didn't feel there was really any major issues. Um, and so I, I think I'm, I'm, re- I'm very close with you, Eric, and, and, and not too worried about some of the things. But I understand what Mike's I, talking about, but yeah, go on, Barry. I am too. I'm close there. I'm just bringing up what I thought, what stood out to me, which was very minor, not major. I'm just bringing it yeah, up. No, because, this was this, yeah. this was minor. Nobody said it ruined the film. The, the effects look terrible. They looked fantastic, especially yeah. for the $15 million. It just wasn't flawless. Well, no movie is. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, I mean, even the $200 million Godzilla's aren't flawless at all, even with their special effects. You can you can tell a lot of times what is a computer and what's not. Yeah. But, yeah. Now, so, Eric, you had a couple other things you said. Uh, at least one more thing, um, which is that I think we're we're all in agreement that this, this, this is an excellent movie. Um, however good it was for us, I think it would be even better uh, if you're Japanese. Because... <laughs> I, I think agree. this movie is really, um, with its story, exploring Japanese culture a bit. Because um, I actually got to visit Japan when I was 17. And even then, um, I could see that there's kind of a there's kind of a split um, in Japanese society between the people who want to follow the old traditions and the people that want to be more modern, right? Um, so you would have like old style Japanese castles a block away from, you know, a, a neon sign. Uh, and there's just, there's just been this dichotomy going on there for, for quite some time. Um, and I think this movie delves into that a little bit. Um, and the old ways versus the new ways. And I think that would probably be really a lot more poignant if you're a Japanese person watching that movie. Also, uh, I would also think uh, this film, like, for example, if my mother and father were still with us, uh, this is a film I would recommend to them. And though my mother was, you know, big Star Trek fan and my father was big into science fiction, Godzilla isn't necessarily um, at the part of the subgenre that they would watch. But this film has such a great story as a drama with the action and monsters effects that we see later in the film that this, this film could easily uh, cross over to uh, people who aren't necessarily uh, Kaiju fans as well. I feel Uh, so I I think, I think this, this film could, could cross over to multiple people, not just people that want to see Godzilla. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. A good film is a good film. And, I'll say what I've always said, which is that you're a fan of a genre when you like the bad ones. A Godzilla fan, fan can sit through Godzilla versus Ibra or Godzilla um, versus Megalon, you know, which are which are not or which are not considered the high points of the genre, and and other people would roll their eyes. But the better entries, most people should be able to enjoy, and I think this is about as good as it gets. And it's I think also more accessible. As much as I love Shin Godzilla, that is a satire about bureaucracy. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like a it's like a mashup of Godzilla and uh, 
a big short or something. It just uh, it, it's not going to work for everybody. And again, Godzilla is very weird in that compared to the traditional Godzilla. So um, this is a much more human story, a uh, much more identifiable story. I really would be curious to see how. I mean, I know this is going over well in Japan because it's a it's a Godzilla movie, and Godzilla movies always do well in Japan, not to stereotype. But um, what I would be curious about, because it is set at the end of World War II, and we, I don't know if you know this, but we were on the other side in World War II, and we won World War II, so we have a very different perspective of World War II, I am sure, than the Japanese or Germans. Absolutely. And, and Italians. And, I, and what I really don't know is, like, how have the Japanese process that, and more importantly, who there even gives a shit because it has been 80 years. So 90% of the population was not alive at that time. You know, so they're not, I don't think, they're not going to have the survivors. Like, I can understand this being a way more relevant movie in 1954, right, when, when Godzilla came out because that was for the people that lived through those experiences. Now they're they're living through the stories of what happened, but it's that's not the same thing as they they've lived grown up with these stories and tales. I'm sure from their grandparents and what have you, but they haven't experienced it. They haven't experienced the loss that these characters have in the same way. They've largely had a very prosperous society for the last forty or fifty years. So I am curious as to how this resonates with them, what they see, what they take away. I understood Shin Godzilla was speaking very much to Japan of the of that moment and where they are as a culture and sort of chafing under the uh the rules and restrictions post World War Two. Because they're not who they're not that culture anymore. They're not those people anymore. Uh, there's things that would be that argument. Um, but I don't know how this speaks to them. I'd be really curious to hear that. I think there's certainly anyone can identify with the stuff that's there, but how personal it is. That's what I'd be most curious about. Yeah, I, I did like, um, uh, I, I would, I would go as far as Mike to say that they've been prosperous for the last, uh, 200 years with, with, with obviously the, the rebuilding of world war two, uh, being the only issue of, of um, their prosperity, uh, similar to Germany too. You know, Germany is the same way. Um, but I will I will state this, Mike, that um, for this film here, I enjoyed how when they talked about the the pre-war things, meaning meaning the, the or, or I should say the pre-film things where the war was occurring, they never truly pointed the finger at their enemies, meaning Britain, America, Australia, and, and so so on, Philippines, and so forth. But they pointed their anger at the government. And right. I, I love that, because it was the government that brought them into the war. Yep. And even if some of the people were supporting that war, still, it was the government that did it. And um, I did like as long how, as it lets the Americans off the hook. I'm good. With it. <laughs> well, well, they did, but correct, correctly so in a sense because again, uh, this is 
the end of the war and the United States pretty much um, helped rebuild them and also uh, gave them uh, the ability to keep Hirohito as 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 their emperor so or king if you prefer so um, we we were fairly fair to them after the war uh, and I, I believe they they understood that and that's why this film here meaning the director and screenwriter who was the same person was was speaking through these characters at the anger at the, the corruption of, of their government of the time. Well, and I think that's something that's often found in, in I, I don't think it even particularly matters which country. Um, if you find a country that's involved in the war, a war, any war, um, you're going to find that the, the, a whole bunch of the city and citizens would prefer not to be a war. <laughs> So one of the other things I wanted to say was that I I think this ranks up in the top of the Godzilla movies for showing the actual devastation and human carnage that something that big creates and just how painful it is for everybody that's in that situation. Mm -hmm. It did a really amazing job of that, especially of showing the power of some of those things that it was able to do. Right. Yeah. No, and this was the first Godzilla movie I've seen where there were there were a couple of moments like um, I've always thought of Godzilla as as cool. Um, you know, I've been down with Godzilla, but <laughs> I don't think I've ever been particularly scared uh, by Godzilla. And but there were there were a couple of butt clenching moments in this movie. Oh yeah, I think he did a really good job of having scenes uh, that were almost from the point of view of the people involved in Godzilla carnage. And yeah. and those shots were like, wow, yikes. <laughs> also <laughs> pretty cool. Also, um, and this is just maybe me, but based off of the certain angles that they show Godzilla, uh, especially when he's half, half of his face is out of the water and, and whatnot. I felt throughout the whole film that, the um, effects of Godzilla were intentionally made to make him look satanic or like a demon uh, rather than just a reptilian monster. Um, and I thought, for me anyway, so I thought that kind of freaked me out a little more and made it's him... the eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think they were yeah. trying to make him look more intelligent, and that mm -hmm. was on purpose. Yeah, you know what he kind of reminded me of? And I know Mike has always wanted to see this film, and I don't think he has, but uh, The Curse of the Demon... Um, that black and white film starring Dana Andrews where there's this demon in it and Godzilla kind of reminded me of the giant demon in that movie. Um, and so having flashbacks to that movie as I'm watching this film, uh, it kind of uh, did what it did for you, Eric, uh, not necessarily because of the carnage and, and death, but because of the appearance of the monster. So, uh, yeah, it was, as you would say, quote unquote, butt clenching. <laughs> yeah he scared me in this film <laughs> I felt yeah. like he was definitely going after things to destroy them and not necessarily because they messed with him <laughs> right, right well and, yeah, and, and that's the thing like uh, I know there, there, there will you know endlessly be 
an argument by, by, by people who prefer a backstory and people who don't. Um, a good example is Michael Myers. People are like, he's just kills because he's evil. He doesn't need a backstory. And that's one of the reasons that Rob Zombie's Halloween gets so much hate. Um, but, uh, Godzilla is just, he's a creature, right? So like, yeah, he's destroying the city and there doesn't seem to be a reason for it, but he's a fucking creature. You know, it's like, <laughs> he's not going to sit down and say, well, I want this to be my goal. Uh, you know, <laughs> he doesn't have reasons. He's just a force of nature. Right. I, I also think the like... best explanation is later on in the film where they say it's his territory now. Yeah, that's maybe. true. I also liked how they made him almost like a Cthulhu type creature in the sense that people were just there. It wasn't like he was intentionally trying to eat them, uh, but he, he had oh. no problems crushing them and killing them as, as he was going through, you know, similar to like we would if a mosquito bothered us. And um, so I, I felt that was kind of cool as well. Uh, Mike, you were going to say something? I, I feel like there's the opening scene uh, where he <laughs> might have been people, uh, but he was much smaller. That was something that was kind of inspired, uh, I think, from what I got from the director, uh, perhaps unintentionally, from the Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah. It's uh, one of the, I think, Millennium series, uh, GMK, I think it's is what it's usually abbreviated as, uh, where they do go back into early Godzilla history, and you see a dinosaur on an island that is clearly not Godzilla, who then gets mutated into Godzilla when the bomb goes off. Mm -hmm. And he kind of wipes that idea for this. Um, well, and the original Gojira was very much about um, Japanese culture reacting to having had nukes drop on them. Yep. Um, yeah, and I, what I think is interesting here is, well, yeah, it is the, the nuke thing. We always get the nuke thing. It's I think it also ties into just the, the devastation of the war period. And yes, the, the, the Hiroshima and Nagasaki would, would be terrifying, and then the, the nuclear test going on afterwards. But they just got the shit bombed out of them. Yeah, and you know, that made it more clear for me. You know, you read about stuff like that, but you don't really it, you don't see it in your mind like it really brought it to my mind in this film. Mm -hmm. A devastation and all those people without homes and you know, very yeah, little very food. Manner. Yeah, yeah. Well, and this is something that we largely hadn't lived through. Now, we let's be clear. Americans haven't lived through this since the Civil War. Uh, where there was that sort of devastation on, on home turf. And even then, that was largely on the southern side. Um, so there's not a lot of Americans in living memory who've experienced this. But we haven't had a lot of wars of this sort or that or that have gotten this sort of publicity uh, in much of our lifetime. So I, I was too young for the Vietnam War. Uh, it ended in my lifetime, but it didn't end in my memory, right? I was, I was a when that, when that ended, or toddler. Um, I certainly wasn't paying attention to Nightline. Um, the wars we've been involved, yes, Afghanistan and Iraq went on for a long time, but we weren't generally unleashing the same sort of <laughs> carpet bombing. 
right? And destruction of entire cities that happened in World War II. Um, I think the closest we're seeing to it is now in Ukraine. And that had a lot of coverage while people still seemed to give a shit and got bored and moved on to something else. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to, it, it's this personalized in a way that if you, that I grasp it differently than I have in most other films. Talking with the old woman who's basically saying that her children had died, everybody died, your parents died, they're all dead. There's just a few people in this town that are left. Kind of, you were a coward, <laughs> and a lot of them are coming at our main character, and we'll we'll get into that post yeah. spoilers. Uh, now, uh, I think the biggest disappointment for me was they didn't open up with the Toho logo, because when I see that, it's all exciting. Like when you when you see Star Wars. And you know, a long time ago in a distant galaxy far, far away, the Toho, and they didn't show it. I was bummed. But that was just pre-credit stuff. But they did have the original score, which was cool. Yes. Yeah, that was awesome. I was worried because when I asked Mike about that, he goes, yeah, they may use it a little bit here and there, but they used it a lot. So it was pretty awesome. Yep. Well, it was, it, was, it, was, it was sporadic. It was Most of the movie was musicless. Yeah. Yeah, it was near the end uh, that they, they started using the, the Godzilla thing when when mm-hmm. everything was going dun, haywire. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, pretty awesome. Um, let's see, anything else non-spoilery that we wanted to bring up? That uh, anyone? All right, so I guess we'll throw up the spoiler alert. So at this point, we will talk about everything and anything. About the film. So if you have not seen this film, um, we're going to talk about specific scenes, uh, including things that could spoil the film, uh, because we're going to talk about um, specifics and what it could mean and and all that other good stuff. So uh, spoiler alert is up. And so we can talk about everything and anything at this point. Um, So just to expand on what I was saying earlier with some, some detail, um, you know, the old way versus the new way. Um, our main character in this movie, at the beginning of the movie, and it's, it's, this isn't really much of a spoiler because it's the first five minutes you find this out. Um, but you find out he's a kamikaze pilot, um, who, uh, chickened out and, and faked a malfunctioning plane, in order to avoid committing suicide. Um, And so because of the way the Japanese see that when he got back to his home and then, and Phil was talking about that woman, you know, saying, Oh, everybody's dead. Everybody's dead. Well, she then comes at him saying, you should be ashamed of yourself. You're a coward. You're a kamikaze pilot. You shouldn't have come back alive. And, he he deals with that a lot in this movie from from several different people and survivor's uh, guilt too right yeah, well, yeah. survivor's guilt absolutely yeah, yeah but there's also there's also i mean internally he already has the survivor's guilt not only from having abandoned his mission but from having survived the Godzilla attack when he freezes up right he was supposed to shoot Godzilla with the gun in the plane and he he can't, he freezes up he can't do it cuz he's like 
what if it doesn't do anything? And I think he had a valid concern. Um, I think so, too. But it, to him, it's like if he had done that, then he might have avoided all this conflict later on in the country when it, Godzilla comes. So it's even maybe, bigger. Or maybe he'd just be dead. Um, I think he'd be dead. But I think <laughs> in his mind, I think that's where he's going. Yes. So yes. I'm, so, get worse. I'm sure he feels partially responsible for the Godzilla attack on Tokyo. Um, it's that 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 uncertainty. It's not haunting that what if, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. If, if if he had pulled the trigger in 1945, it, it may have done nothing. It may have stopped nothing, but he would know he had cried. It wouldn't be his fault. Now he doesn't know if he could have stopped it at a mm. time when he could have been stopped. But to circle back around to the the aspect I was trying to highlight, his designation as a kamikaze pilot, people are thinking of him as dishonorable and cowardly because he didn't kill himself for the honor of his country. And then by the end of the movie, everybody has changed their mind on that. And they're like, you you have responsibilities now. You can't you can't die. <laughs> well, you, you should live. That's that's one of the things somebody says to him at the end of the movie is that you should live. Also, um, I'm, I'm so I think it was interesting through the story that they're telling about this main character. They're also kind of looking at, well, are the old ways really the best ways? And maybe we should think about changing. Well, that's what I was going to say, is that I think most people are looking back and saying that, they first of all, they shouldn't have been put in that situation in the first place because the government were dinks. And second of all, the looking back, it's also stupid because it's, it's, you know, quote unquote, you're doing it for your country. But I mean, when your point of life is to take a plane, learn how to fly it and then just crash it into something and kill other people. And then you're dead too, especially in a war that you lost. It's just all stupid. So I think, I think, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Eric. They're all, they're looking back and they're going, you know what? That's fine that you didn't die. Yeah. Well, you're doing I, I, good think now. That's, I think that's kind of the point of the movie too, because the scientist gives a speech and he even specifically talks about ejection seats, planes with no ejection seats, mm-hmm. not enough supply lines for food, stuff like that. So I really think that is the point of the movie generally, or one of the points, probably not the only point. Yeah, and I think like I, I'll admit. I mean, I'm not a, I mean, I'm not anything close to a World War II scholar. Um, and the truth is, I don't know a whole lot about why Japan was in World War Two. They wanted part you know, of Asia. <laughs> What's that? They wanted part of Asia. Yeah, but I like like I understood kind of I I, I don't know I guess I understood you know Hitler's Germany a little better because we've. We've kind of canonized Hitler as the worst evil ever of all the evil, and he holds a place in our culture that Hirohito doesn't, right? Um, well, it's not even Hirohito. It was Tojo. Yeah. And Tojo and, and, and the rest. And it's and we just know that they were allied with Germany and that they were taking over the world and Pearl Harbor, and we go in in Pearl Harbor. But there was all the shit that happened before Pearl Harbor – that we don't really worry about too much in our popular narrative here in the States. So 
Now, I know that the Japanese did a whole lot of messed up shit that doesn't quite get the same attention that the Holocaust gets. Um, you know, we, we talk about, um, like, I know some of the human experimentation they did in the, the, the POW camps was, was absolutely horrific. Um, yeah, they, they and were I don't very know how bad that to the, the, their POWs, that's for sure. And, yeah, and then was, they, they did the, the uh, massacre of, of Dan King. And then, of course, what they did to the Korean folk. Um, yes. You know, so, so it, it, was, it was pretty awful. Um, and I mostly know about that because it's still a thing. Both China and Korea still hate Japan, actually. Still much. hate Japan and are still terrified of the idea of a militarized Japan. And that has a lot to do with, um, with and playing into modern politics. So I know from it through that, right? But like, I didn't know whatever actually motivated them to get started in the first place. Well, and all those countries were, you know, the problems were created by colonialism in a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, that, I, it, depend, it depends what, what you mean, because, because technically Japan was the colonists in a sense, too, because they were the ones. They were also being invaded. manipulated by a lot of the big Western countries. Well, munitions, uh, doing all sorts of things there. Yes. Well, you, you, I, I wouldn't uh, say that they were a puppet by any means of I other countries. I didn't say puppet. I said oh. manipulated by oh, Western well, countries. Well, I, I, you could argue that, that Japan did a lot of manipulations themselves as well. So I, I, I would. I still think the Western nations have a lot to answer for in, in the Eastern Asian area. Um, I, I'm not disagreeing for sure, because the, the Europeans were more apt to uh, travel uh, over to Asia to do the, the trading and whatnot. It wasn't like my that. only point was that, that it had an effect on what what went on over there, even and above their already existing climate of politics. Um, well, uh, yeah, I, I would I would concur that the Western powers were, were there because, uh, you know, uh, the Netherlands and, and the British. I'm not just and, saying they were there. Well, well, well they, they were they were actually there. They 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 were they owned a lot of the, the colonies of that area. So I'm I'm not disagreeing about the colony part. What do they think about Godzilla? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Um, so yeah, but can, can I get to the point? But my point was, I always thought when I was a kid, kamikazes were dumb. Right. It, it it made way more sense to bomb and return and rearm and go back and bomb again and then keep going. It was, even then, it seemed like a waste of, of material, and it never made sense to me. But it also was one of those things where it's like, okay, it's just a different world, different culture. I'm not going to understand. I'm not going to get it. So uh, to see that same thing expressed here, I don't know what the Japanese people's opinions were again at the time. But I did think immediately that was a great hook for a story. Yeah. That here's a guy who's just about to commit suicide in a lost cause. Right. So this is a point from the way they're describing it where Yeah, Germany had already surrendered at this point. That they know they're losing. Yeah. And there is no winning. And and it's interesting because the, the mechanic commander guy is is he's fine with it. He's like, You're smart for having done that. But he also, when he becomes a coward kind of later on, and I, I say he just froze up, um, he, he then he turn, turns on him 
Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because in this case now is he gets people killed, right? Uh, and it, well, this, and, but, and I, I think it's the proximity of the events that, that exactly, really, yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's proximity of events. This isn't the same. I don't, I don't think. Where you're, where you're under attack, there's an imminent threat. You're watching your people being being killed by a thing that's attacking them, and all you have to do is pull a trigger, not commit a suicide act. You just have to well, attack. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to consider I might argue suicide. that that would be a suicide act because yeah, you saw yeah, Godzilla too. ended up yeah. doing to that plane. Right. Yeah, and, and we also saw what I, Godzilla did when the bozos started shooting. Uh, rifles at Godzilla, and we also have the point that we have the head engineer, or, or basically the leader of this Japanese base, tell this guy to go and try to shoot Godzilla. So, well, well he says those guns can kill anything, but I don't agree with that. They, he doesn't know that, right? <laughs> but he right. and it's it. not him that's running. That's his. Yeah, not I mean, him. he claims, well, I don't know how to use it. You do. And I'm thinking, uh, dude, you're the one that, uh, based off of what he does at the end, uh, yeah. he, this guy knows how to use all that stuff. He, right. said he just he just didn't want to do it because he didn't want to die. <laughs> right. You know, and he was also looking at the kamikaze guy as, well, you know, you're kind of chicken out. So you should, it's, it's your time to, to do it now. By the way, what a fucking dick move. To give him all the photographs. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, that was harsh. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I concur. But if if we look at it through his perspective and all his friends are, were, were killed, right, he right. blames that guy. I could see why he would do it. I mean, it's not the right thing to do or the nice thing to do, but I could see <laughs> someone doing something yeah. terrible like that in anger, though. Yeah. No, but it's like, it's like, oh, my God, because, I mean, it's not like the guy doesn't feel bad already right uh, but now he has this stack of photos that he can just fucking obsess on anytime he starts thinking about it right right yeah and, and he decides to keep them too because technically if, i mean he can mm-hmm. just toss them, but um he had this the guilt that at he, first i thought it was a stack of letters and he was making him go deliver the news to the families but oh yeah yeah that's that what i thought that too that's what I thought too. Yeah, yeah. They, they made us wait to find out what it was actually was. Yeah. 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 Um, I did like how when he does return, and what, yeah, his neighbor is all pissed. This woman because her family got wiped out, and obviously his family got wiped out, and so she blames him as a chicken. Um, but then as as any. And I'm assuming because I haven't lived through a war zone. But at this point, when there's orphans and people that have no families anymore because people have died and whatnot, housing is is gone. Um, how he suddenly just has this woman toss a baby to him because she was stealing some food or something. And, and so she had to run and hide. And then eventually he meets back up with her and she just moves in. And he just accepts it. And then he finds out that the baby is an orphan, not related to anybody. But she's taking care of the baby because she found the baby. And then he allows them to stay in his shack because why not? You know, just be a, being humanistic. 
Um, well, and there was a moment where the main character almost lost me when she first hands in the baby and disappears. Um, she's like, he has no idea where she went and he's just sitting there with his baby. Um, and, and at one point he almost leaves the baby sitting on a bench and walks away. And I was just like, Oh dude, no. Cause you know, uh, I'm no fan of babies, but yeah, I don't even think I could do that. <laughs> like yeah, I'm the same here. somebody to take it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right, right. I mean, I mean, eventually someone probably would have picked it up, but, but again, it's like, do you just abandon the baby? And it's like, uh, he's not going to do that. So he, he thought about it. He didn't know what to do. I think it was more confusing. And what should I do? Mm-hmm. And then, then he decides to. No, but he, he left it on the bench. He took a few steps away before he turned around. <laughs> yes, he did. Yeah, <laughs> he thought about true. it strongly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, yeah. So he he keeps the baby, and then he we're assuming he's stuck with the baby now. But then he bumps back into the girl because she was waiting for him, uh, hiding because she didn't want to come out because uh, she was still being looked for as a as a uh, food thief or whatever. Well, and this is where his guilt starts to starts to turn, and I won't say even very quickly, but slightly. It, you know, he begins starting to become a little more human again <laughs> rather than just this devastated human. Right. Right. Yep. Well, and what becomes interesting about the story from there is that he develops this home with this woman and this baby. Um, and I, I don't know what you guys thought, but to me, it seemed like they never had any type of physical relationship. Um, they're all, yeah, just, I don't think they did. They're just living together. Yeah. I think she wanted it, but he was, he's basically dead inside. Yeah. Right. And he's got this whole guilt thing going on. And when Godzilla becomes a problem, um, he joins up with the forces to try and stop Godzilla because he feels it's his responsibility. And basically he's like, you know, I can't be your husband because I got to do this. This is, this is my burden that I have to take on is trying to stop Godzilla because I might be the reason he's here to begin with. Which is kind of dumb and kind of understandable all in one. Right. Yeah. Very human. (laughs) Very human to blame yourself for something like that. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, technically, that's that's what survivor's guilt is, too. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you're just a survivor and, and you you blame yourself. Not your fault. <laughs> yeah. It's not your fault. You know, yeah. God bless that you survived. Right. And and um, and the thing is, is even though he's hating himself, uh, all the people around him, including his neighbor now, um, you know. Are, are good to him, like him, uh, understand. Right. They're like, look, man, this woman's pretty cool. Um, clearly, you love this kid, too. Just but fucking marry her be done with it. <laughs> right. Just yeah. do it. Well, yeah. And, and his he, problem is he hasn't forgiven you know. himself, right? He hasn't yes. found that's, the, that's what I was going to say. He's yeah. still fighting his war. <laughs> and yeah, he's still fighting that that war. And 
I, I will say all of this helps because it's also making us more sympathetic to the character, right? He's not you know, first of all, we should already be identifying with him at least as a Western audience, uh, for being smart enough not to kill himself uh, as a kamikaze pilot. We identify with that. We understand it. I think we, and we understand why he didn't pull the trigger, even if I can understand why, if I was the one being attacked by Godzilla, I might have a hard time forgiving him for that. Uh, but then having him take in the girl and having him take in the baby that are not his, um, and working hard to support them and take care of them as if they were. And by the way, also makes us like the girl because the girl picks up the baby. That's not hers. Mm-hmm. To protect. Right. Even, and, and she does come back. Yes. Yeah, she abandons the baby for a bit, but she does come back for it. Right. But I think her abandonment was because she needed to run. And yeah. that's why she shattered him after she escaped because she was going back, going to get the baby back. I want my baby back, baby, back, baby. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And It does make me wonder how often were there stories like that at that time? Because there were in Europe and in America and Japan and Asia where you had these sort of makeshift families because everybody else's, everybody's real family was just killed. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, killed. They just killed off. Yep, it's true. Whole generations of uh, young people were, were sent to war and they never came back. Um, all right, so basically what happens is he gets a job that pays a lot of money for that time. Um, and it's basically mine sweeping. So basically there's mines both by the Japanese and Allied forces, specifically the Americans, all around Japan. A lot of them are uh, there and hanging for, by a, an anchor. So they're, they're like dropped into the water. They land to the bottom of the ocean and are connected by a string and are floating at the top, closer to the top of the water. And um, some of them are are more dangerous because uh, the American ones had magnetic ones, so they would actually um, go after boats just because of magnetism. But they are to do it in wooden ships, so that wouldn't happen. And uh, it's kind of cool how they they explain it in one minute, which is they have these, like, cords that will hook the the ropes yeah the chains or ropes and and then they can cut them and and then they deactivate them and whatnot um and and by so many mines blow up (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. i had no idea we had mines that much well the japanese had done it as much i guess but yeah because they didn't want the americans to come in and then the americans did it so the japanese couldn't get out yeah Yeah. exactly after the war what a extensive what what a poor decision! Because after the war, man, fishing is one of Japan's main industries. Yeah, you gotta yeah. have boats out there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The the war was pretty stupid. Um, but so his woman, the woman that has the baby, she's pissed, Noriko, uh, because uh, he th- she thinks it's a dangerous thing, and technically it is. It but, is. That's why he's getting paid so well. Yeah, yeah, yep. but but. <laughs> but it's not as dangerous as we find out because uh, the people that he works with are, are, are sound individuals and, and a good crew of folk. Uh, and there's three of them. Um, Noda, 
and um, uh, Yo Yoji and um, uh, I forget who the other one is. Uh, uh, oh, uh, Shiro, Shiro, yeah, Shiro. and um, and then they have another boat. So there's two of them, uh, but we never really meet the crew of the other boat. But they work as a team, and um, and that goes on for a little bit. Um, until Godzilla sh- shows up. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> now, um, what happens is, is that there now, um, the, basically what happens is the U S can't help out at this point because they're focusing on the Soviets and, uh, the Soviets as, uh, folks may know, uh, happen to be, uh, right off the coast of Japan. And they had already declared war on Japan at the end of 1945, at the very end. And they captured some of the Japanese islands and still own them to this day. And there's still like anger between the two countries. Um, uh, but because of the Soviet Union, uh, the U.S. can't help with Godzilla. Um, and so the Japanese have to do it themselves. And so these mining ships that have nothing are forced to do it until an old decommissioned Japanese naval boat that's down near Indonesia can get up there to uh, take out Godzilla. And that's the Takao. It's a heavy cruiser. And it's actually a um, a, a real ship, by the way. Um, so I think this was um, the first time we've seen Godzilla since the beginning, right? Uh, yeah, since he yeah. since he got nuked, yeah, yeah, right, right. Um, yeah, yeah so they, they get sh- sent to that ship to slow down Godzilla until the real ship can get there. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, because that's 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 fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they have a chance. <laughs> and you know, they almost took him out, but Godzilla well, just regenerates. Yeah, yeah, okay, That's fair. That's the problem. Yeah, because they got the mine in his mouth that it blew off half his head. Yeah, yeah I thought they did pretty good. Had super healing, he probably would have been taken out. That's yeah, fair. Yeah. Yeah. But the yeah. other the other mine ship, that one got destroyed. Um, And then this is probably my first eye roll of the film. I only had two, and this is one, which was uh, the, the, the military ship, uh, the Takao, shows up, like, right that moment. Well, it's a movie. Yeah, it's a yeah. movie. So it didn't bother me that much. Um, and that gets completely destroyed, too. So that was a good No, I, I thought that was pretty cool because, like, with the, the first time they set off the mine near Godzilla, it doesn't really do anything to him. So they're like, get it in his mouth. And then they set it out. And the first little shot they give us of Godzilla with, like, half his face blown away, I was like, oh, holy shit, did they actually get him? And yes. then you see the skin start healing itself. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> that's 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 not going to end well for these guys. <laughs> well, and the big battleship might have, or destroyer, whichever it is, might have actually done uh, well. It, go ahead. It was a heavy cruiser, it's called. Heavy cruiser. It might have done well until X, he can heal himself, and Y, when he goes under the water really deep, he uses his little beam thing 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the beam. That's pretty much unstoppable, that beam, unless you tie yeah, it right. It's pretty intense. Yeah. Well, and I, that was funny is that I kept on saying to myself, uh, there's no uh, fire, so this Godzilla is not going to be as bad. Yeah. And then, and then suddenly it does appear, and it's cool how they, how it appears. It's, like, awesome. Yeah, this implementation of the breath weapon was unique, and I liked it. Yeah. It's, instead of just being, like, fire or or atomic, you know, atomic breath, as they like to say. Um, it is a beam of atomic energy, but it only creates destruction on the way out in its direct path and then creates a nuclear explosion wherever it makes impact. You're right. And also, it um, has to build it up. It's not like the old Godzilla. Right, where yeah. You can see Godzilla charge it up. It goes, starts with his tail and charges up his back. It's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah, yeah, and then how he has to pull back and then, then shoot his head forward to shoot it out was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they've done the, the building up thing for a few of the films now. But I think what was new here was the the toaster plates on his back. <laughs> right, right. Like yeah, literally yeah. just like pop up like a pop tart. <laughs> right, right, right. right. They, they don't just glow like like in the old Godzilla's. They they actually like uh, retract and 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 untrack, or if that's even a word, um, whenever he needs to use them, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And he can't use it continuously. He has to wait for a while to do a second. Right, play. right, right. Yeah, yeah. So it was pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, all right. So uh, where do we want to go now? What do we want to talk about? Um, uh, well, I guess after their encounter with Godzilla in the ocean, um, they figure out that he's headed towards Tokyo, right? Yeah. Uh, and they try and set up some sort of deterrent, but it doesn't really work. So the best they can really do is have a detection system. But then they refuse to actually tell the citizens. <laughs> right. Because they don't want to create a panic. It's like, I don't know about that logic. Um, it seems to me if you know that somebody's, something's coming that could create devastation to the city... Maybe tell people to get the fuck out of there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they don't. Uh, so Godzilla shows up and lays waste to Tokyo like we were all waiting to happen. Right, right. The, and specifically uh, um, the part of Tokyo that actually survived World War II, it gets leveled by by Godzilla. So, so the uh, Ginza district of Tokyo, uh, which was really fantastically done uh, as a period piece, I must say. Um, literally gets wiped out by Godzilla. And um, Noriko, at this point, has already become a... Uh, a uh, has a desk job. So she happens to be in Ginzu when the attack happens. And uh, <coughs> this was the only other nitpick I had, was how... Um, Shikishima actually finds her, just appears and finds her. Coincidence, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that kind of upset me. But otherwise, that, that was the only other nitpick I had. And um, But the, the action scenes was awesome in this because um, 
the train and how it gets picked up by Godzilla. Well, the train that. was was particularly awesome for me because that's from yeah, that's the, from the original Gojira, right? Uh, that's one of the things he does in his his initial attack on Tokyo, yeah. the very first Godzilla movie, is right, yeah. he destroys a train. So they took they did that again, but filmmaking techniques have come so far since then that like like I I found the kind of point of view of the Godzilla victims to be really, really effective. And when she's on that train and the whole thing goes like, she's not in the car that Godzilla picks up in his mouth, but she's in the one next to it. That's attached to it. So she, she ends up the train is facing the wrong way and she's hanging on to one of the bars, uh, with the open end of the train below her. I, that was super intense and I loved it. Yeah. I, I also, loved how i was gonna say oh my god how are they gonna get her out of this <laughs> and i loved how it was low enough to the harbor and she was able to jump into the harbor so i, I that really was a, a good move because i thought something stupid was going to happen like in the hollywood films where <laughs> a person falls but no damage they, they can do a naomi replace from from or like john cusack driving his limo over a falling building uh-huh. right right Right, or, or The Rock in Earthquake, or, or, or San Andreas, whatever it's called. Or what was the other good one? Um, uh, that that film with... Day After Tomorrow. The, the, well, there was the one with... Uh, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ewan McGregor and uh, Scarlett Johansson, where they're like clones, and they, they fall from a building in this like bubble thing, and they don't get hurt or die. Uh, I I've not seen the movie you're referring to. Uh, oh, you, you would know it if I, I say it. I, I'm going to look it up, but uh, we'll figure it out. Um, Doesn't really matter. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But but now I'm, I'm curious what what the name of it is because it was actually a pretty good movie. Besides that one scene, is it like uh, The Island or something like that? Yeah, that's it. That's it. The Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never watched you, it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. You would probably like it. It's pretty good, except for that one scene, which is absolutely stupid. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, so that was cool. But, yeah, it was kind of weird that he was able to just find her. And then the tanks come, like, in the old Godzillas. They shoot Godzilla, and then Godzilla gets pissed, and he does his nuke. And when he does that, the the blowback wipes out the whole city, never mind the, the nuke. And uh, Nokia... Nakia gets wiped out, and we, th- we assume she's dead. You know, it's funny because my brain said to me, she's coming back. <laughs> well, you were well at first I said that, and then when they showed the wide shot of the devastation, I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> I think she's gone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, t- technically, she probably should have been gone. She should have been gone, yeah. But it, it is done well enough that I can go, all right. I could see yep. there would be survivors that would be missing for a while, and then they're found because they were unconscious or something in, in the hospital. Well, she was on more of the outer edge of it, but um, yeah, still. Well, and it gives the audience the happy ending that they want. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I I was glad that she was at least hospitalized. That she just <laughs> yeah, she didn't just walk. At least up. she like, looked like, like shit. <laughs> right, she didn't yeah. look like Tom Cruise's son at the end of World of the Worlds. Right, right. Well, also, also uh, well, but then again, the Tom Cruise's son, we never see him get hit. While here, we see her get hit, and she, she. So I, I won't 
poo-poo War of the Worlds that much, but I, I know your, what your point is, Mike. But I will say that it was a little odd because, again, the whole film between uh, this part of God's, uh, uh, I mean, Tokyo, uh, Ginza gets destroyed to the ending is is less than 10 days. So I guess... It, he could be, she could be missing for a few days and then they, she wakes up a few days later and then he, he would find her. So I guess that works, but, um, either way it was a, a 10 day turnaround because when Noda, the scientist, um, says Godzilla will be back within 10 days, if not sooner. So they have to do something within the next 10 days. So that's, that's how I know that the time frame of this film. So, yeah. Well, and another one of the moments I was referring to as butt, butt clenching um, is there was a shot of this. I think it was a uh, it was either a radio or a television crew on, yeah. on the roof of the building. Oh, my God. That was awesome. When, when Godzilla was attacking and the camera just kind of stays with these guys on the roof as the building falls over. And, oh, man, that was so well done. I loved it. Were those guys stupid or what? Yes. yes, yes, they were. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, the so, journalists that do stuff like that take their license in their hands to do it. They're standing like fifty feet away from Godzilla, going, Looking "Look at, us at him! Now. He's destroying everything!" It's like, "Yeah, he's gonna destroy you, dumbass!" <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty stupid. Very, very dumb. Very dumb. Journalists do do that kind of thing, though. Yeah, they do. They take their they take chances so they can get the best. Story. My my favorite is when uh this was a, a few years back. Um, Good Morning America was covering a hurricane in in Florida, and Ginger Z had just got done telling everybody that if you're you're a hurricane, you know, you need to evacuate the area. Don't go outside. And then she's like, "Now let's go to gym." And they cut the gym just like. Hanging on to a signpost in the middle of gale force winds <laughs> with gallons of rain dumping on them every second. I'm like, yeah, good example. Don't do what I do. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of what we like here with the guys. Like, look, Godzilla's destroying everything. Yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> You're on that list. <laughs> Now, uh, I, I didn't like how uh, the civilian decided to take things in their own hands, uh, though led by ex-military and, and whatnot. But still, mm-hmm. uh, the government is that incompetent that they say, yeah, we, we, there's a, they're not helping us. Well, the government can't either because they don't want to be seen to use military because of the Russians again. Right. In the, in the post-world, in the post-war environment. Any anything they try and do with like any military force is going to get shut down immediately by the actually with a yeah they they couldn't they weren't in the place to execute it um yeah. right yeah and and we had Russia just waiting to and that's pretty much what it was is they didn't want to get into they didn't want to insert themselves into a war in between. USSR and the United States, particularly when they've been demilitarized. Right. But, yeah. Yeah, that is true. And that's why t- the Tokyo, uh, not the Tokyo, I'm sorry, the, the Takayo, uh, they had to wait for it to come back from Indonesia because it would have been decommissioned because they were demilitarized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, now it right. was going to get militarized once it got back, right? Because it still had big guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, at that point, it it didn't matter because it was in uh, surrendered, you know, over to the Allied forces at that point. But the Allied forces were giving it back to them so it could take out Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that didn't work out too well. No. <laughs> Yeah. But man, and was that a great shot! <laughs> it really was. They fired all their guns at Godzilla point blank. That was fucking awesome. Yeah, it was. Oh my god, that, that was awesome. Water. Point blank. That was awesome. Yeah, his head's right there on the deck, and they they shoot it. Um, the the thing is, is that this is obviously an alternate post war Japan uh, mm-hmm. or world for that matter. Um, the 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 boat Takayo uh, actually. Um, basically disappears from uh, history uh, in 1947 when it was removed from the Navy list. So it it was perfect to use that boat um, because in real life, it was 1947 that it was finally decommissioned. So in this movie, in 1947, it was decommissioned by Godzilla. (laughs) Permanently. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was never going to be recommissioned for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it was kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah, here it says it here in uh, on Wikipedia about the boat. It goes uh in popular culture, the ship makes an appearance in the 2023 film Godzilla Minus 1 where she is brought back into service to defend Japan from Godzilla with moderate success, only to be destroyed by the monster's atomic breath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so it's kind of funny. Um yeah, and and also I think part of the the reason they had the ex-military stepping up is that I think they were trying to make the point that they were forced into World War II, um, you know, conscripted against their will. Um, but this was a fight they were willing to take on, um, right, to try and stop their country from being destroyed. Right, right, because similar to. A lot of countries at that day, they were forced to be drafted, a lot of the folks right. and all that stuff, and in a war that they actually started. So it, it wasn't like they were like wanting to – I mean, they wanted to defend their country, but it's like if we didn't start the war, we wouldn't be doing this. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, they, they – uh, um, I, I, like I got to say their plan to take out Godzilla? Yeah. <laughs> questionable at best but i guess they had to do something yeah i it kind of reminded me of hey man it worked uh, yeah i forget what movie it was but there was another movie i saw uh where they say why are we doing this this is oh actually i think it was the bridge over the river Kwai. where and they go it's to keep the people the soldiers to make sure to give them hope because otherwise we, we'd just be slaves there. You know, I, was, I mean, they were slaves, but the point is, is by w- building the bridge, they they were actually doing something. And even if it was a, for failure or for bad reasons here, it's the same thing. It's like, we're probably all going to die, but at least we think we may be able to do something. Well, think, and Barrett, I, I want to counter you in saying it didn't work. The only reason they yeah. took out Godzilla is because our main character executed his secret plan. Well, yeah, but um, <laughs> I would, I, he well, was part we, of the plan. They we, just we, didn't know about that part. <laughs> See, what I liked about it is that it used something real and plausible 
Yeah. Um, yeah. There was no invention of an oxygen destroyer or a maser ray <laughs> or some mm-hmm. or, or secret Reverse jet gravity too. Um, yeah, like the original that movie. it used something real. And yeah, it was a long shot because this is a clearly a creature that goes from deep sea to shallow water. And Noda says that too. He goes, "I have no idea if it's going to work, but if it's a rate, you know, it would." kill anything else, but this creature I can't ver- verify it. Right. But, yeah, continue. Right. And they are foreshadowing it throughout the film because before Godzilla appears, you start seeing deep sea life bobbing up to the surface that have their uh I'm guessing their their air bladders out their mouth, which can happen if they rise too quickly, they they explode right they're inside uh and so that's a, that's a real thing and so they're sort of foreshadowing that that's how they're going to deal with godzilla ignoring the fact that he's apparently not had that happen to him even though he's done that to all the fish around him <laughs> right but but then they say well and what if what if it if does what if this so we're going to sink him and crush him under the pressure and if that doesn't work then we're going to immediately reverse it and and have him come to the top and here's my argument is that when you see Godzilla at the end of the film before Top Secret Plan 72 comes into effect, um, he's damaged, right? He has taken a, a lot of... He did hurt. They, they did hurt him, yes. Yeah. yeah, they did absolutely hurt him. So it may not have worked, but it weakened him. And who knows? Maybe that was the thing they needed to, to make that... Uh, that final blow were the final blow. And that's kind of what I felt like. I felt like all of it together was necessary to take him out. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I'm just saying, if I were coming up the, with a plan to take out a monster that comes from the bottom of the ocean, my right. first thought probably wouldn't be, let's send him to the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> well, I think saying. if I... If it was, if that was the plan, it would be more like let's chain him up so he can't get back up or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that I agree with you on that. That would not be my first thought. Um, <laughs> but you know, a lot of things definitely go wrong. Like they don't have strength, uh, cranes strong enough to pull him back up. Right, right. <laughs> I did well, like I as, as have... ridiculous as it was. I did like the. Uh, the guy that got sidelined with the broken arm showing up with all the tugboats. That was, that was, that was a moment. I like that. Yeah. And I also say that they didn't, um, they didn't really have weapons. They didn't have a lot to work with. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the other reason I can appreciate that. But this was not, uh, and it was born of desperation. Yeah. Born yeah, of desperation using what you had on hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I also heard watching the execution of the plan. That was fun. Yeah. I, I also like that all the red shirts didn't die. Everybody right. survived. I thought Noder or, or, the, or the kid with the broken arm or someone there, or the captain, yep. they were all going to die or something. But no one died. It was awesome. Bill, did you look up the plane? Because I'm curious about that plane. Were they really developing something like that? Yeah, yeah, that, that does exist. Yeah, That plane yeah. was so cool. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. pretty sweet. I, I think the U.S. has it one in their a museum. Uh, like like uh, the one in Washington D.C. It's uh, what's that? The Space and Aeronautic Museum. There's one there. Mm, okay. And and then there's one in Japan as well. 
uh, on display as well. So, so they do exist. Uh, it's called the Kishyushi J7W Shinden. And um, it was uh, pretty much uh, followed the what they said in the film where it was like one of their last planes, you know, like the V one and V two rockets were the last things for, for Germany, the same, same type of principle here. Yep. So interesting when you have a world war and how much, how many different countries are all experimenting with different things and all the different things that get created because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, you know, you have the the German tanks, but then the Russians created even better tanks. I mean, it was just remarkable the whole, how it all works out. Absolutely. Yeah, so you know, the Nazis got jobs after the war working for NASA. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, that, that, that's some of them. That that is true. Uh uh Braun, he he was he was a brilliant rocket scientist. Um but ones that didn't go to Argentina anyway. Or or or, or get get taken by the Russians and and, yeah. and and forced to do it over there. Um so the the um the engineer, that's the guy, uh, when they find him and they bring him back, which is the guy that hates our hero because of what happened on the, at the beginning of the film. Uh, I knew when they cut away, when he goes, I want to show you this one last thing in the plane. And then they cut away. I knew it was, it was going to be an ejection seat. Well, right. it's funny because yeah. when, when the guy talks about no ejection seats earlier, I was like, that's Chekhov's ejection seat. Yeah, <laughs> I knew yeah. one was going to come into play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I figured that too. I, I didn't. I actually thought he didn't tell him about it, and that that pulling that was actually going to inject him, and he was going to be surprised. <laughs> I thought that would have been neat, but it turned out. Yeah, but what happens if he pulled, he had to tell him because what happens if he pulled it before he goes, oh, what's this? Right. And he, and he goes, Whoops! Whoa! Oh no, our plan is ruined. No, I also liked how um, the moment where he flew the plane into Godzilla's mouth, there was a moment where the plane just, like, stuck in Godzilla's mouth and sat there. And Godzilla just had this look on his face like, what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> before all the bombs went off. <laughs> I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah, that yeah, was pretty was. awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did have the uh, the Jaws moment uh, earlier in the film with... Uh, when when the mine was in Godzilla's <laughs> mouth and and he shoots it and it blows yeah. up, uh, so they had that. Um, but yeah, uh, the the thing that that I guess I should have figured it out, but Godzilla is uh, alive still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, so that that was kind of interesting. I mean, saw that coming. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. They weren't gonna kill him permanently. Got to be able to have another movie. Right. Yeah. Well, they they did kill him permanently in the original Godzilla, but after it made so much money, they go, oh, well, we can make him come back. <laughs> right, right. And, and so at least this reboot or whatever you want to call it, uh, it doesn't take much to reboot Godzilla. All you got to all you got to have is an egg that got missed somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, right. Yeah, or a nuclear bomb that turns something else into something. Right. Yeah. yeah <laughs> or just yeah. long enough time for people to kind of forget that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Or, or or you just make a completely different uh, era, you know, timeline, mm-hmm. which which uh, which has nothing to do with you know, like they do with comics, Mike, right? They, you know, they have the Joker and the Batman, and then 
10 years later, they have another Joker and a Batman. It's a completely different story, even though it's the same characters. And it has a different origin story, different this, different that, and so on yeah. and so forth. That's what they did with Godzilla. Well, Godzilla, I mean, it's... After, I think it was Final Wars, right? That was the last in a continuity base Godzilla from Japan, where there was a an ongoing storyline such as it was. Um, and I get a lot of the was it the Hisei era, which is the, the, the 80s to 90s, and the Millennium era, a lot of those films mixed up a bit. Um, I watched, I think I've seen them all once, but I don't think I've watched any of them more than once uh, outside of clips. Um, there, there was a definite continuity from one film to the next to the next, as the events of the one film would do something to create the threat of the next and which is what gives you Beyonce or, uh, and, and then space Godzilla. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, and then they do Shin Godzilla, which is its own complete thing. And now they do this, which is its own complete thing. And this could very much launch a new Godzilla. I just hope that, they have a story to go with it. Right. And I think I was I was um, reading some interviews with the director. You know, he said he wanted to make it scary. Uh, he is a fan. He did the Godzilla ride in some, for some amusement park yeah, that's uh, right. in Japan, uh, which is where the whole train sequence comes from. Uh, he's obviously a big fan of Godzilla. Based this design more on that Millennium Era Godzilla and the GMK film and uh, where Godzilla was back to kind of being a monster, uh, a villain for a well, lot of it. And I have a little bit more hope, given that it's a Japanese production, that if they do go ahead with another one, it'll be good. Um, just because Hollywood seems to to learn the wrong lessons from success. Um, like, for example, Barbie. Um Barbie was a great success, and so now Mattel has has greenlighted all these. Like I, I, I have no, I've not researched this. I have no idea if this is actually true, but I heard somebody say that they've greenlighted an Uno movie. Oh my so god! Like, that's so true. like the lesson they got out of it wasn't that hey, if if you make a movie that's well made and has some good social commentary on it, it'll be a successful. The lesson they learned was oh, toy movies make money. Yeah, but or, uh, right. Or but I don't even know if the social commentary pitch was it. If you made movies that appealed to women and girls, they'll go to see it and market <laughs> it straight to them. They'll go right. see it. But this is sort of like um, when 20 years ago, well, 15 years ago, the first Transformers movies came out, made a, you know $700 million or so. Right. And Hasbro said, oh, we got to make a movie about all of our toys now. And they made a Battleship movie. Yeah, that happened. I remember that. Which, which you had to be paying attention to realize that the battleship movie was supposed to be the battleship game, right? Right. Uh Because they don't draw a lot of connections, and it's a science fiction thing as opposed to ships bombing each other. And uh, but like they're literally firing the the peg, the alien ships. Um, and they do but, have a thing at the end where they're like pulling out. I, I guess the the point I was trying to make there is that I'm hoping that the Japanese production company will learn the right lesson 
from the success of this movie rather than yeah. a long lesson. Well, well one He's of the things I got that. from this is that he had started this film in 2019 and couldn't make it because of the pandemic, but that gave him time to sit at home and keep working the script. Mm. And I, I don't think I'm preaching. Uh, oh, I think I am preaching to the choir here. Uh, I want to say that you, one of the fallings of failings of major motion pictures now is that they rush into production without a complete completed screenplay or one that they can just fix in post-production or will be rewritten on, on, on the fly or is written in a rush in order to meet a, production deadline, you look at the last Star Wars movie, which they had to have it out by Christmas of 2019. It didn't matter the fact that they lost the director. It didn't matter the fact that they had to throw the script out at the last minute. It didn't matter that they were starting filming without having a freaking clue what they were doing. They had to meet that, that production date. And God, did that screenplay show that it was rushed and, and just... Yeah, that's the wrong what, way to what, make what, what film was that, Mike? The last Star Wars movie, Rise of Skywalker. Oh, yeah, it was terrible. Um, and here, the lesson is we need a pandemic every few years to get the writers to sit down. <laughs> that is up. not the lesson, you asshole. <laughs> and, and you know, you, you need to work the script. You've got to get the script right first. And you've got to keep working that script until it is right and then film it and give it to us. Uh, because a bad movie is bad forever. Yes. Unless it's Blade Runner and the thing, and then people come around to it later. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a handful that do yes. that, but, but mostly you're right, Mike. A bad film is a bad film for a reason. Right. Well, and this movie, I think, made $11 million in its first weekend in the U.S. alone. Um, Rightfully so. Which is, I mean, budget's fifteen million, so it didn't quite make it back just in the U.S., but worldwide, it sure as hell did. Um, so yeah, it's it's been successful, and it gives me hope for more good Godzilla movies. Well, and like you said, yours is going to an IMAX. That never happens, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the first time I've ever seen it happen. Right. Well, well either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, usually the Godzilla films. Uh, even the ones in the 80s and 90s, which for some of them were pretty solid, uh, were, were mostly just VHS or DVD or, or VOD. Uh, but this one, they, they knew, and the same with Shin Godzilla as well, they knew uh, were, were worthy of, of, of releasing into the States. Um, and like you said, uh, to put it on IMAX, that's that's just amazing. Um it's pretty this, cool, which is why I'm going to make an effort to make the trip because I want to. Yeah, I would too if I were you. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I I would do it again, but again, um, it's subtitles, so my kids w- wouldn't have a full enjoyment of it, and I would like to take them. So, but that isn't going to happen. So, which is unfortunate. Yeah. It is what it is. It is what it is. Um. But if it comes out on, on, you know, the TV and it has a dubbed version, uh, the kids will enjoy it, I'm sure. No, I got to say, this movie, um, I, I said it at the beginning, I'll say it again. The best acting I've ever seen in a Godzilla movie. I, I really enjoyed the performances. Well, that's a high bar. Yeah. Well, it's not, but at the same time, you know, it's... Um, 
I think what you mean, Eric, is that it's as good as a real film, quote unquote, real film. <laughs> if you want to put it like that, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, again, I'll go back to in this case, Godzilla is a metaphor for the war. This is the first Godzilla film where if they just stuck with the metaphor, the film still would have worked. Meaning if they had used the actual thing instead of the metaphor, it still would have worked as a film. Also, as I said to you, Barrett, and you, Mike, on our last uh, cage, King of Keiju, uh, Monarch, uh, a legacy of Monarch, or whatever it's called, a uh, podcast. Um, they got rid of all comedic elements, which was awesome. No, they did. It, it was it was it was full full drama mostly throughout this whole film. Uh, I think no, I think the the guy on the boat with the uh, the young the kid on the boat had a little bit of comedy. There were there were moments, not a lot, but there were moments. Right, but but it wasn't like the slapstick or, or juvenile comedy that we've seen in the original some of the original Godzillas you know it was oh it, yeah there's it, no Godzilla dance yeah that's what I mean uh, and, and, and the character there's no yeah, and they didn't have like the stupid um, scientist that was all goofy and an idiot and all this and you know everybody was, was fairly normal I, I liked it well let's remember the original Godzilla well scratch that after a point, yeah, the original one was was legit too. When it, no comedy. After a into, point, the Godzilla films were a franchise that was aimed at younger and younger and younger audiences. Right. Well, and, and, for lack of a better word, in Godzilla's Revenge, where it's all this fevered dream of a child who's being bullied at school. Right. Um, and turns it into basically just a giant clip movie. Uh, and so if this is not a film aimed at small children. No, I, I was. Uh, oh, so, so, so I'm just saying, so what they did is make a serious Godzilla, which by the way, they did with uh, Shin Godzilla, although there was definitely some humor in there. That was, a, that was satirical humor rather than slapsticky humor. Right. I haven't seen that one yet, so I'll probably have to check it out. But uh, yeah, because when I was going in, I was worried that this was going to be like the comedy that we see in the last couple of Star Wars films or, um, some of the Marvel films, and I was worried about that, uh, or even the DC films, but they didn't have anything. It was, it was fairly dark and drama-like rather than um, just for entertainment purposes. So I liked that. I was I was very happy because I really was going, oh, no, it's going to be... Gonna have that well, I don't think every character. film... I think most have films have, have a balance. Yeah, you can get a film every now and then, like seven, you know, that... Just kind of uh, wrist-slitting depression from from frame one to to the (laughs) final frame. In in the bedroom, Michael Clayton. Collateral. But but even Collateral has humor in it, Phil. Mm. It does. Absolutely. But not real humor. No, really. Not like the the Marvel and Star Wars and DC stuff. you know. the, the one of the worst was that uh, the giant robot Pacific Rim, the the, the humor characters in that was like <laughs> that oh, for a bunch of issues with that movie. Yeah, that, that was the worst. Well, yeah. I wouldn't go worst, but no. still a well, kaiju movie, so I love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, yeah, there's no. Yeah, right, right. Thank God that that was that wasn't in this film. Thank God. God bless. Well, you make sure you go back and tell Shakespeare. Right? Make a fight of Godzilla. 
I'm ta- I'm not talking about Shakespeare. I'm ta- I'm talking about all the movies nowadays that Holly puts out, and, and it's like, ugh, it's just garbage. garbage. Most of it, yep. Yeah. Rubbish. Rubbish. <laughs> but you don't watch because you've seen Taylor Swift 78 times in theaters. <laughs> and that didn't have the humor either, thank God. 123. Didn't have any talent either. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> She's she's man of the year. So. She's a very good lip syncer. Not at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna sit here jamming Phil. All right, yeah. I think we're done with the movie. I think you're right. I think so. I think so. Uh, Mike, anything? Did we we didn't even mention the the Jaws homage. I did. I, I said where, did, where they actually. shot the mine. He shot the mine oh, in the mouth. Mike must yeah. have been play, playing Tetris or something. No. <laughs> oh no, that's right. You were looking at the pawn. I forgot. My yeah, that was it. <laughs> uh, did you send him porn again? Yeah, but he's I, I did, yeah, I find did. it. That's why he's watching Taylor Swift. Porn's not hard to find. Yeah, it's a, and yet, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I mentioned that that Jaws reference. Um, you, you probably just t- uh, took a step away for a second or something. Like, no big deal. What was I going to say? I did. I, I now I, all the time now. Every time I go see a big movie like this, I always type in before I go into the theaters: "Is there an end credit sequence?" Me too. Because <laughs> I don't want to have to sit through all that crap if there's nothing in that car. I never do. If they want me to see something, put it before the credits. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, it's it's not worth my time. Right. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so this one didn't have any. This one did not have any. So it was all good. I sat through the credits. I like to sit through the credits. Sometimes, sometimes just listen to music. Yeah, but this wasn't the. If they had the original Godzilla theme back playing through the credits, then I would have stayed. They had it through the beginning of the credits. They didn't make it all the way through. Right, right, right. right. That's true. That's true. They transitioned into Godzilla by uh, Blue Oyster Cult. I would have stuck around. That's a good song, actually. It is. Because Godzilla was still alive. He's coming back. Anyway. He is. Yeah. Well, he'll come back one way or another. Just the question is whether he's coming back. This director would like to make another Godzilla film. He's already said that. Uh, right, right. Whether the next Godzilla film will be a yet another re-reboot or a... Uh, or, or like a Halloween... Like, it's actually... Godzilla did this way before Halloween did, which is we're going to only acknowledge the first film and everything and all the other sequels that came out afterwards. We're just going to ignore it. <laughs> that is correct. Um, Godzilla, Godzilla did really started cool. that before Halloween did it and, and did it a couple of times. Um, so they could, they could do any number of things they could, they could do like they did with this and Shin and just make it completely new. They could do like Godzilla 1984 and just ignore everything else and say, we're, we're making a sequel to the 1954 Godzilla. There's all sorts right. of shit that they get there. I just hope right. they keep the same design because this Godzilla kicks ass. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, I, the only thing I didn't care for that uh, I don't remember everything in the uh, as big an issue in later design. I'm, I I don't like the dog leg design, right where they get the. It, it just just annoys me. Uh, people use it. What do you, what's the dog leg? Things. I don't know what that means. Where they basically have like that extra kink in the bottom of their leg, like a dog. Oh leg. yeah, 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 yeah. Which, Which they, 
Because it, does, it doesn't make any sense that that's uh, that that's and this is my this is my biology background. It's like it's it makes no sense at that scale. It works for four legged animals. It doesn't really make sense for 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 a for a two legged animal. It really doesn't make any sense for a giant two legged animal. But but it used um, to be a lizard, right? Wasn't he supposed to be a lizard? That got I don't mutated? know what he was originally. Thought he was. They, 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 they called it a dinosaur. I don't know. The dinosaur life. Yeah, he was supposed to be. Was that the uh, was Rhodos Rodeos or was that the beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms? You suppose he was. He was a. He was a dinosaur that was homage to a mix of T Rex and Stegosaurus, right? So it was a T Rex mm-hmm. body with Stegosaurus plates. Right. That was the idea, but it was a fictional dinosaur that was somehow awoken by an atomic blast. What a dinosaur was doing at the bottom of the ocean to be awakened by an atomic blast. I have it was no under- idea. It was on Atlantis, and it sunk. It was having a nap. Yeah. Because Atlantis did appear in Monsterverse. Eventually. Oh, yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah. But but that was near Jamaica instead of uh, instead of Japan. But I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. <laughs> they are, too. That's fine. They were but, clearly making shit up as they went along. That is true. That is true. But e- even if this director didn't want to make a new one, uh, Toho and all them would be as corrupted as Hollywood because Toho has been corrupted for years by making no, crap. I don't. I, I don't. But they would. They would just hire a new director. Making, wanting to make money, being corrupted, but they right, would right. certainly pursue the money. That's what I meant. That's what I, I didn't mean it. I, I should have. You're right. I should have reworded it. There's nothing wrong with uh, making sequels and making money, and making a buck, and giving people yeah. what they want. Yeah. You yeah. know, servicing your customers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But now but the they question. they definitely pulled a Hollywood. And, and That's why there's 20 million as the iPhones. sequels sequels kept on coming out, they were getting worse and worse and stuff you know, until they rebooted. Well, because the the movies were popular with small kids, so they were making for small kids. And as we all know, most people don't give a shit what they small, show small kids because they're small correct. kids and they have no taste. <laughs> that is correct. And they think Wheels on the Bus Go Round and Round is the best song ever. Wheels on the Bus Go Round and Round Round and Yes. yes you all right there, true. Phil? Are you having a moment? Yes. I brought back my childhood. <laughs> my, my let's, let's try this one. Kids also like Baby Shark. Yeah, that's no. ba- that was past my, my childhood. Though. <laughs> yeah, that's past my childhood. They like Teletubbies too. <laughs> that was past my childhood as well. Oh, oh my childhood I think too. we're done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so uh, we have our top ten podcasts of the month, the past thirty days. So here we go, number ten, and it's still holding on. It came back out of nowhere, which is Cinema a la Carte, episode sixteen. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Then number nine has finally dropped after being on the top for the past four weeks. Dark Discussions, episode 600, The Wicker Man. Then number eight, Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Review, volume 55, uh, with co-host Dan Lynch, the movie Dread from 2012. Then number seven, King of Kaiju, Monarch, A Legacy of Monsters podcast, episode four, just came out. This morning, and it's already cracked the top ten. Parallel and I forget what it's called, uh, but episode four. Uh, then number six, Dark Discussions podcast, episode six hundred one, the slasher film Hands of Hell. 
been doing pretty good. And number read the word on that one. Indeed. Number five, four, and three are all King of Kaiju. So uh number five is uh episodes one and two combo. Uh the so our debut episode. And then number four was the five minute introduction episode just to get our uh feed uh created. And then number three was episode three, uh Secrets and Lies. And then number two, Eli Roth hits a home run with episode six or three of Dark Discussions. Thanksgiving. And then number one, Barrett's favorite horror film of the year, maybe? Dark Discussions, episode 602, Argentinian film, When Evil Lurks. So that's our top ten. Cool. Hey, Phil, I've got a question. (laughs) Where where are any of those from the first 150 episodes of Dark Discussions? Well, when I moved over to the new website, uh, I haven't been able to carry all the others yet, so I still have to f- load those up. Uh, so the uh, answer to my question is... Yeah, they're, I guess no? they're not, yeah, they're not there right now. Uh, oh, okay, okay, interesting. All right. Yeah. yeah I see so. how you're mixing it up, Eric. You're moving it to the end now instead of the beginning. <laughs> so he's not expecting it as much. Speaking of yeah. Being, um, am I correct that this is going to be put into the King of Kaiju feed? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Oh, uh, well, she's, see, it's going to be in both. A, it's going to be in both feeds, actually. Yeah. We've been doing a thing, Eric, uh, at the end of the episodes of King of Kaiju, where we've we've been doing the Kaiju of the week, and we've each been taking a turn picking a favorite giant monster, whether or not it was from a Japanese film, um, mm. and we've had. Uh, uh, Gamera, and we've had Rodan. Both good choices. Uh, and yeah. then we had Talos from uh, Seven Voyages of Sinbad. Not, no, 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 from, from Jason, Jason and the Argonauts. Argonauts. Yeah, yeah. Talos. The giant uh, statue that comes to life, and they have to, it's made of magma, and they have to pop open its ankle. Magma. Magma. Yes. <laughs> so, the same thing. Since we have those... <laughs> Tens upon tens of listeners who are used to hearing a, a kaiju of the week uh, coming over from that podcast, and you are to them a new voice, a new personality. Uh, let me just throw this on you, spur of the moment. Can you name a favorite kaiju for our kaiju of the week? That's not Godzilla. Yeah, it right. can be any that's giant preferably. monster. I mean, okay. I mean, uh, the, I, I, if I'm honest, Godzilla is my number one boy, but. Uh, yeah, let's go with the uh, let's give Mothra a nod. Mothra, that's a good one. Yep. Yeah, Mothra's good. Have you ever seen the original Mothra movie? Yeah, that movie is fucking weird. It has the little theories. Yeah, the little twins. Yeah, yeah. yes, <laughs> it's totally bizarre. Yeah, it's yeah. Weird. Very, very, very different. You got to be. You got to clarify when you say it's got the little fairies because I can be taken the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus. Um so that's a good one, Eric. Well done, well done. Um so th- there there is Mothra, uh the giant moth creature. Um who's sometimes a villain and sometimes a good guy. Right. Mostly a mostly a good guy though. Well that, that happens a lot in the Godzilla song. movies. The the yeah. you know, turning heel and such. Yes, yes. 
so a couple other things here. Uh, uh, speaking of World War II, uh, today is the anniversary of Pearl Harbor. So uh, in remembrance of those folks who wow. perished. We didn't even plan that. No, not at all. No, so that's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, also, live in tomorrow, one of my favorite trivia, historical trivia bits is uh, today is the anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor. And tomorrow will be the anniversary of the day that the attack on Pearl Harbor was launched. Well, today, today is the, the, the Pearl Harbor, right? It's today. It's, 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 it's December 7th. December 7th is when Pearl Harbor was attacked. Yeah. December 8th is when the, the planes took off to attack Pearl Harbor. This is the international dateline. Right. Gotcha. Oh, well, well, well done. Well, well done. So what you're saying is they technically came back from the future. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we were able to see what our defenses were and counteract them. There you go. Uh, also, uh, for those who celebrate, happy Hanukkah. Uh, today is the first day of Hanukkah. So uh, happy Hanukkah to all our Jewish folk who listen to the podcast. Uh, and then also happy birthdays. There's a bunch of them. Uh, Don and Ellie, podcaster, one of the, the great guys uh, in the podcast community. Also Tanya Torrance and Yosarian Norman uh, as well. Uh, all fine folk uh, and all uh, podcasters. So happy birthday to all of them. Uh, also... Happy birthday to Lily, my dog, who turns 11 tomorrow. That's old for her breed, isn't it? Uh, no, they, because they, they were tiny dogs. So, uh, uh, tiny oh, did dog, they live longer? Yeah, they usually live longer. Yeah. Okay. Unless, unless That's like, right. I got confused. Bigger dogs die sooner. Yeah. Just yeah. like bigger humans. Yep. Nope. Yep. And then uh, uh, and next Wednesday is Taylor Swift's 34th birthday. Nobody cares. I had to do that to just... Oh no, Eric! People, people care. They yeah, care. It's scary how many do. Well, <laughs> I certainly don't care, and I'm fucking tired of hearing Phil talk about Taylor Swift. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, also, uh, other news. If there any children in the car? Make sure you turn the volume up. Uh, children shouldn't be listening to this podcast. Uh, and I think that's it. I got uh, nothing else. Those, those are the big days. Uh, so uh, they definitely should. Oh, oh, I'm oh, and, say uh, fuck a lot. And happy, happy uh, beginning of Advent, which just happened this week as well for folks who celebrate Christmas. Uh, and so our Christian folk, Protestant, Catholic, Eastern Orthodox, and miscellaneous. Are you done yet? Yes, I am. All right. So <clears throat> since we've recorded for about two hours and mm. we just got our Mothra reference uh, as Kaiju of the Week, uh, we will... Uh, skip what we've been watching because we have been recording. So we will get into some final thoughts before we do. Uh, Eric, you actually do another podcast with your buddy Dan. I do. It's a uh, general interest podcast uh, called the Ascanci Podcast. That's spelled A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can find it wherever you get podcasts. And Barrett, what's that podcast that me and you do and then we have a, a group of uh, rotating co-hosts that join us? Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. Uh Podcast that pretty much will do just about anything genre or, yeah, genre-related. Um, we review books, interview directors, uh, writers, whole gamut. 
Indeed. And uh, as mentioned uh, in our top ten right now is Dread, which was our last episode, episode volume 55 of the podcast. And Mike, what's that podcast that uh, me, you, and Barrett are doing on the side related to giant monsters? Well, if you're listening to this, you might already be listening to that podcast, and that is King of Kaiju, uh, based on the uh, Monarch Legacy of Monsters TV series on Apple TV, which has just aired. Uh, it's fourth episode, and the fifth should be dropping, I think, tomorrow. That is true. Yep. Which is December the 8th. Indeed. And, um, Eric, what's that podcast that me, you, and Mike do that we actually just recorded an episode on Monday? Uh, it's called Cinema a la Carte. It's where we talk about movies that won't fit under the dark discussions umbrella, and we take turns choosing a movie to cover. Uh, we just recorded an episode on Risky Business, which will come out at some point when Phil chooses to release it. Um, so, yeah, if you're interested in to, uh, listening to us uh, talk, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> if you're interested in listening to us talk about non-dark discussions titles, that's where you can find it. Indeed, indeed. All right, so I guess we can get in our final thoughts on this movie here, Godzilla minus zero. Is it minus zero? No, minus, minus one. one. Can, anybody, minus can anybody one. tell me what the why it's called that? I have no. I was wondering that exact same thing. I think uh, it's because it's a. It's technically a prequel. Uh, it's not, but it's it's timeline wise, it's a prequel. It's set before. It's before the original Gojira. That, that's what I thought, but I know that's the best I could come up with too. It's same here. Yeah. I don't know why it's minus one, what what that means, but I guess that makes sense. Because it's uh, before I, time. There you go. It's not it's not the origin, it's before the the I don't know. Right. Yeah, it's 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 weird. It's it's like why why do the British people have a thousand million instead of a billion? Because they're right. fucking British. That's the reason why. And, and and why why did they call the last Godzilla Shin Godzilla instead of like Arm Godzilla or Nose Godzilla? Why is it Shin? It's shin is like it's like Godzilla retribution or something is I think the what it translates to. Gotcha. I was just being funny, but yes, uh, I did get a giggle out of Eric, so that's good. <laughs> you did. It was so dumb. I laughed. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so uh, Eric, your final thoughts on Godzilla minus one. I uh, this movie is awesome. I highly recommend it. I will probably own it when it's available on disc. I am planning on going back to the theater to see it a second time. Uh, huge thumbs up for me. On IMAX too, right? Yeah, hopefully. Indeed, indeed. Uh, for me, yeah, this is a high recommend for me. Uh, it was really good. Um, uh, it was exciting. Uh, great special effects. Great Godzilla movie. Great human stories as well. So uh, a excellent addition to the Godzilla franchise uh let's go with you mike yeah it's really well done the godzilla scenes are fantastic uh the characters are well drawn and well acted i think very empathetic uh and it's it's it is a film that just works on pretty much every level all right sounds good and barrett what do you got i really can't say much else it's an awesome film you should see it all right, sounds good. So uh, once again, the film is called Godzilla Minus One, brand new film, just released to theaters in the United States in December of 2023. Uh, the film, I'm not sure how long it'll be there. So if you are listening to this while the, it's still in theaters, go check it out if it's near you. 
otherwise, uh, something definitely that will be coming out on VOD and disc most certainly soon. Uh, so yeah, um, good film. We all enjoyed it. And with that, Eric, why don't you lead us out? All right. Thanks for tuning in and listening to us talk about Godzilla minus one. Come back next week. We'll have another topic. (laughs) 